19 of the All the Books show, recorded at the David A. Howe Public Library, where we talk book news, author news, and literary news. I'm Eric Mickles. And I'm Nick Gunning. Nick, there is a harsh and cold wind in the air That's today. true. That's true. Even in my office, it is bitterly cold. Yes. So Sounds like the uh, Wolves of Winter. We're, yes, we're past fall, and Wait. we are into... Wolves of Winter is the name of the book, right? Oh. Winds of Winter. Winds of Winter? Is that the book that's not out yet? By George R. R. Martin? Is it? I Boy. All right. Never mind. I can't tell you. I really don't know. But it's nice to be back. It's been a minute since you and I have sat at our mics here, been on Twitch, yeah. done the works, because we had a special interview last week. Mm. The week before that, we had to do a Skype thing with the Queen of Halloween. Right. And it's just been a couple things that have thrown yeah. us off. But here we are. Traditional. Back in the yeah. back in the prime of our lives, mm-hmm. in our own seats, yep. with our own mics and our own yeah. headphones. We've tried so. a bunch of new different things. It's time to reboot the line, bring it back to what people liked originally. Yes, let's Force so. Awakens this bad boy. Yeah. Or Halloween I, 2019? I I'm 2018. Not, I'm not up to date on the Halloween. I got to tell anyway. you, I'm glad the topic of today was not done during Halloween. Yeah. Because it finishing, I'm like, this was a s- silly Halloween I thing. I know, it really was. It really was. Well, Eric's bearing the lead here. We are going to be talking about Stephen King's The Institute. Yeah. This is our, I forget every time, but I feel like this is our fifth year reading a Stephen King at Halloween. No. I was in Sixth, Florida when we started. Sixth year. I'm thinking it was 2013, Halloween 2013. Is that true? Yes. That's pretty good. The Shining. That's a pretty good. Uh, it's a pretty good long haul. Because I still read, I read Doctor Sleep while yeah. I was still in Florida. Yeah. So that would be 2014. Yep. And then when I got back. Salem's Lot. Was it Salem's Lot was the next? Yeah. Salem's Lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then last year was Dead Zone. Mm-hmm. And then... But there's one more, isn't there? Carrie? Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery Pet and Cemetery. Carrie? I think Carrie wasn't our official Halloween book. I think I just read it. Did I read Pet Cemetery and Carrie and Gwendy's Button Box the same? We author? might have. All we right. might have done that. Yeah. There's a sequel to Gwendy's Button Box coming out. Uh, it's coming out in November. Mm-hmm. Not written by Stephen King. Just by the co-author. Ah. Which is interesting. Maybe but I'll yes, enjoy it. We're going to be talking about the Institute, and as Eric pointed out, it's good that we're doing this post-Halloween because this was not a Halloween book, nor was it enjoyable, spoiler alert. Yeah. So we're going to we're gonna get into that in a little bit. But again, Eric, it's a pleasure to see you back. All Hallows stink. Yeah. It was. Thank Let's you. Let's do it. Shall we dive into some bookmarks? I mean, I've been here with you. Every time you've recorded, I've still yeah. been with you. Yeah, but this feels it's like not a... Like Okay, it's a return to form. Yeah. It's a return to form. Yeah. Bookmark. Would you like to go first? Or would you like me to, my friend? What have you? What have we been reading? What's uh, What's our hot takes? Bookmark. My hot takes. I read Batman Damned. Oh, okay. New black label DC Comics. When it was first launched, there was some scandal because you saw a fully naked Batman. Full frontal. Full frontal nudity yeah. Batman. And there was a lot of like questions about why. And mm-hmm. pretty much it was a why. It was a why question, mm-hmm. I think. And so well, for in about later issues, uh-huh. they be a little bit more shadow so you don't get yeah. No, they covered it up completely. You can't see anything yeah. in the graphic novel. Sorry, man. So, I mean, for 80 years, I, I think their question has been why not? I guess so. So, so uh, already this this yeah. uh, this surprisingly not shaped like a bat. This graphic novel started <laughs> with a weird history, you know, yeah. and then just continued. And um, yeah, I read the first issue, and I'm just not a fan of Brian Azzarello as a Batman author. Listen, so I, didn't I forgot. I mean, I think I knew at some point this was Brian Azzarello, who I have not read a single good Batman story since he started. I I think I hate anytime he writes any yeah, DC character. I agree, but I forgot that this was also Lee Bermijo. As the artist. Okay. And he's the artist on Brian Azzarello. Him and Brian Azzarello did the Joker graphic novel. They okay. did the Lex Luthor graphic novel. I remember those, but I again, I'm not a fan, so I didn't read I them. did not like them. The Joker okay. one was a waste of time. It has its fans. Yeah. And they are Zack Snyder fans. I see. <laughs> so it, 
I just I did not care for it at all. And Batman Damned was, I don't know. It was basically them doing it. It it comes across as just like you know how like Alex Ross or other artists will yeah. always just put out there like just an art book. Yeah. And it, it, there's no stories or anything. Or if it is, it's like that uh, Shazam book we read, where mm-hmm. it's just an excuse to give Alex Ross. Yeah. It it reads like that, and it's like, well, if. He wants to just do an art book. Just do it. Don't pair it with a pointless story. Yeah, there, there was nothing to it. If you want to hear us talk about that Shazam book by Alex Ross, episode yeah. 189, where we sit down with author <laughs> Elliot S. Magan. But Batman Damned was just an excuse to draw like the DC mystical characters. Right. So this but is primarily this is Batman and Constantine, John Constantine, Hellblazer, right? Isn't I that? guess if Constantine is more like. I don't know the Ghost of Christmas Past. Oh, okay. It. it All did, right. So you didn't like Batman? I did not Damned. like Batman. All right. Damned. What else you got? Uh, okay, so in my X Men reading, I'm in yes. the all new era. Okay, so this is like extraordinary X Men, uncanny X Men, all new X Men, confusing, um, mm-hmm. uncanny Avengers, all new Wolverine, old man Logan, that wow. era. Okay. So all it's right. basically it's called the all new era. It only lasted for like each of these books only got four volumes, about twenty issues, so not even like two years worth. Best set up as being the the era where the X Men are being killed off by the Inhumans. Uh, ter- Terrigan, or whatever it's called, Mist. Um, Right, I remember, yeah. Uncanny Avengers Volume 4 was the best of the lot that I've read in this this week. Okay. A lot of of cool stuff. The artist in it, uh, whose name escapes me right now, is so good. It's just so colorful and kinetic, and I love it. It is uh, Pepe Larez. Okay. And I I, I just, it's just so, the art's just so delicious. Interesting. but it, that it's can make or break a story. It really can. I mean, mm-hmm. good art will elevate a bad story, and it mm-hmm. will also like sink, uh, you know, a, a good story. Yeah. Red Skull has Professor Xavier's brain, oh. and is using it to control a bunch of Avengers. Interesting. But he can't control Deadpool. Deadpool goes to find the X Men. Can't find the X Men, but they left something behind. Uh, while getting the crap beat out of him by Rogue, who's being controlled by Red Skull, he pulls out Magneto's helmet and oh. puts it on Rogue, and now she's not controlled. And Red Skull's like, "Oh crap!" That's pretty cool. Uh, so any cool any big like fun superhero action thing like that, and then Rogue is kicking butt, and right. so I really enjoyed that. The other X books, they were all in the Inhumans versus X-Men storyline. I had no love for this. It was six issues long, okay. but like nothing happened in it. It's just, I just don't understand. This was definitely, I don't know if this was Marvel's apology <laughs> for trying to replace the X-Men with the Inhumans during okay. that time or or what, but now the whole X-Men Inhumans connection is done. Okay. So thank goodness for that. Um, just not great. Nobody, nobody looked good in this, and now Emma Frost is a villain again, so mm. whoo. Um, and all the X Men books that I read were like tied into it. Okay, so they weren't good either. It all was right. it was too bad because like something like Extraordinary X Men I liked for the first two volumes, and then the next two it just like fell off. So um, yeah, I also read uh, Stephen King's The Institute. Sure. So okay, well uh, I too read The Institute. I'm moving on to my bookmark here. Um, I also read uh, a Star Trek Deep Space Nine book by Mel Gilden. We're going to be having Mel on the podcast in in a couple of weeks. Um, author of many things, juvenile books, adult Are you books, on a, a lot of time. basis with him? You haven't even interviewed the guy. Sorry, uh, Mel Gilden. I was going to be on the show in a few weeks, but uh, author of many things, worked mm-hmm. with a lot of established franchise, uh, <laughs> did some TV work as yeah. well. So we're going to be talking to him in the coming weeks. But I, I enjoyed that. That was fun. Yeah. Institute was a real downer. Then I read a couple of graphic novels. Mm-hmm. Um, quickly, I read X Men Alpha Flight. So, like the old Canadian team, mm-hmm. Alpha Flight. Fun. You know, sure. that, that era is not super dynamic, yeah. but, you know, uh, that was fun. I tend to I only care about Alpha Flight 
like once every couple of years, they yeah. come and like Wolverine needs to be back on the team. Yeah. And that's pretty then much the what they fight. Them. This was basically a collection yeah. of those. I just like the fighting um, X-Men. I read one that I absolutely loved. So if you go back a few episodes and listen to our Spider-Man off the book, Spider-Man comics, I talked a lot about Spider-Man worldwide mm-hmm. and I finished that. So I've yeah. been kind of looking for things that are happening at you the same sad, time. Yeah, yeah. I was. And I picked up Chip Zdarsky's Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man volume one into the twilight and loved it. Wow. I thought it was so good. I, and he writes, he wrote the Jughead series for a while. And I, I oh. bumped up with this author a couple mm-hmm. different times. Uh, and this, I thought, was a real hit. Nice. So I'm, I enjoyed this quite a bit. And I've already yeah. ordered volume two. Can't wait yeah. to read it. We should also say that we're recording this the day before you go to yes. do the election. That's true. Which is yeah. always just like a huge checklist on the next recording. Yes. So next uh, yeah, bookmark you next week is going to be rougher it will. it will be a 25 minute bookmark yeah i've been <laughs> i've been doing the election inspecting for i don't know at least 10 years now yeah it's a long day 5 a.m to 9 p.m yeah. and so i stock up with yeah books and scripts and graphic novels mm-hmm. and magazines whatever i can get my hands on yeah. and some people just sit there quietly the whole day yeah. and i just i don't understand it holding their own hand i mean god bless yeah. them but i don't understand staring it staring into nothing at all watching the political system take its course i guess so Flushing the whole and country down finally, the toilet. finally, I just want to get a little bit of real estate Ooh. to Robert Kirkman's Invincible because I've been reading this series for many, many years now. Uh, nearly 150 issues. It finally came to a close. Um, I actually read it as part of the Invincible Compendium 3. So you can get the entire run of the series uh, in three compendiums that, mm-hmm. that do about 60, I guess, 60. Yeah. Um, Those things 30, something like that, are 50. always like nice an idea yeah but then i just the idea of like trying to read them well they're actually i i know what you mean but they're actually really well made like they Mm. they open the spines are strong i've read i read the whole second compendium like that wow so i yeah i didn't have any problem with it but anyway um the the specific volumes that i read would be 24 and 25 called the end of all things part one and two so this is a long-running superhero series set outside it's not dc it's not marvel it's just its own thing Mm mm-hmm um, and this kind of brought everything to a head and really, I mean, it was a true conclusion. It really wrapped up the story. Mm-hmm. You know, it settled storylines. I've been going from day one. It kind of gave you a look at the future of what's to come. And I thought it was a very satisfying ending. Nice. I'm never a fan of like when you get to the issues that are like, let's have a big giant fight, you know. Mm-hmm. And in these last two volumes, there was some of that. But I think the story closure overall, I think it's just a, I think mm-hmm. it's an expertly written series. I really I recommend it very highly. Mm. There's crazy violence in it, but it's like Looney Tune cartoon level violence. Yeah. (laughs) It makes it for me. I'm just kind of like, that's weird. You know, Looney Tunes by way of HBO. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) But I do love this series. I do love it. And you've not finished this. I haven't finished it, but I like the series. Do you think you will? Yeah. I just, uh, I've been, I was always reading them in those like 12 or 24 Yeah, the hardcovers. The hardcovers. And I'm not entirely sure where I am. I'd have to go on Goodreads again to find out. Remember that, I mean, of course you do, but the whole new Krypton art for Superman that lasted forever. And we were both reading like the graphics. And then it was just like, it all ended in like a six issue big fight that had, that was not worth the wait. Right. Yeah, so this yeah, was much better. That's than exactly that. what I was thinking of when you said mm-hmm. like the big fight. I'm like, oh, yeah. geez. Well, that's a good, yeah, that's yeah. a good example. Um, and then I guess so that's it for what I what I've been reading. I'm mm. currently reading uh, some goofy ones. Green Lantern Corps, Beware Their Power. This is by our friend Steve Englehart, who was on the oh. show a few a few weeks back. So if you haven't listened to the Englehart episode we talked to him yeah i really encourage you to go back and listen to it because it's a great interview and if you're an x-men fan you can pop over to eric's podcast previously on x-men where he and hillary interviewed him about uh mostly his run on on the beast which we've talked about on this show as well 
So anyway, if you if you uh, haven't listened to those episodes, go back on the All the Books show, soundcloud.com slash all the books, listen to that. Go over to Previously on X-Men, listen to the X-Men half of it. But anyway, this is part of his Green Lantern run, and things are getting real kooky because the Green Lantern Corps like, split, and some of them are settling with Gorbachev in the USSR, mm-hmm. and some of them are over here on the other side hanging out with Ronald Reagan. And so it's a weird, like, Green Lantern Cold War situation. Okay. Very of its time. But, yeah. I mean, I, I like Englehart's writing, so I'm in Kill a log. Tear down that wall. You're not wrong. Really? And, and then I'm also reading... Uh, Does the, it involve Hal creating a uh, Green Lantern, a green guitar and playing on the Berlin not Wall? Not yet. Not okay. yet. But I still have some <laughs> issues. And then I'm reading a novel called The Yoga of Max's Discontent. By Karen Bajaj. So this is uh, this, it's an interesting book. I, it's just one I just happened to come across, and I was really taken by it. I'm about halfway through it now. And the story basically is Max uh, loses his parents, and his life is just kind of, he's kind of like, I'm over this. Mm-hmm. And so he's, I think he's originally from India, but grew up in the States. And so he kind of goes back and is, is trying to get up into the Himalayas and and basically have this existential experience and he's very like aware of what a cliche that is and mm. everything but he's uh, just kind of working through it right now right. and i'm enjoying it it's not it's not always landing the tone like sometimes it feels like it's a very literal story and other times it's a little too like ethereal so mm. um i'm hoping it all shakes out by the end because i'm enjoying the writing and i'm really liking the story but right that, that's what i'm doing right now okay and that's gonna be it for bookmark though uh we have two things that we should mention one mm-hmm. eric and i went to the retro gaming con in syracuse that's true and that was a lot of fun that was uh eric met david hater david hater uh, screenwriter uh, voice, actor. voice actor director director as well yep uh and we got some retro video games yeah. i got some things for my game boy to play at the election tomorrow is that true tasmania 2 uh-huh star trek generations classic frogger Th- those are you're planning to take those to yeah uh, I am. you got enough batteries oh, that's a good question <laughs> that's a good question game boy color pretty good on oh, the, that's on the true, batteries yeah. game gear forget it yeah 15 minutes you need yeah. six new double a's yeah. forget it sorry so that was super cool mm-hmm. uh anything you want to say about retro gaming con uh no it was a good time what I are you most looking forward to play that i got yeah. Ooh, i guess bait and kaitos hey that is what now it's a jrpg okay that's battle system is based around uh Cards. What does JRPG mean again? Japanese role-playing oh, game. Oh, okay. Also, Beautiful Joe, which is a like 2D side-scrolling game by Capcom. On GameCube. That I, yeah, I just I missed and I never played, even cool. though it always looked really cool. Uh, I saw Jojo Rabbit. Oh, how was that? Good. It's That's by Taika Waititi's Taika Waititi's, like Taika Waititi's movie, right? uh, yeah, Nazi Germany movie, yeah. comedy. Sure. Uh, it's, it's less of a comedy than... Though, I, I mean, What We Do in the Shadows is a straight comedy. Yes. And then, where the... Uh, Hunt for the Wilder People and now uh, Jojo Rabbit, they're much more, they're, they feel more in like the Wes Anderson camp mm. where it's like serious when but I saw, also. When absurd. I saw the preview, I thought it was a Wes yeah. Anderson movie. Uh, I didn't, I liked it without loving it. There's okay. some funny stuff in there. Um, it, I saw one review call it like the feel good Holocaust film. <laughs> and I guess that's, that's, that's kind of true. There's, there's some like thing sad say. things that come out of that movie. Um, but it is. It is just kind of like the, uh, like a, the, a quirky family Holocaust film, if you had to. So I don't think it's the strongest work. But my wife uh, really liked it. And when I was leaving and um, just like waiting in the uh, hallway, everybody coming out of it was talking about what a good movie it was, including a whole bunch of kids. So interesting. I would probably have wanted to take my kids. Yeah, too, but it doesn't doesn't you know, sound quite right. Still good. 
yeah, Sam Rockwell's really good in it. Okay. He's in it. I watched, I mentioned last week that I watched The Aviator. Mm. Uh, and then I watched Shutter Island, mm. based on a novel by Dennis Lehane. Oh. And oh. Uh, I was not a fan. Yeah. Maybe you just don't like Scorsese. I'm sort of thinking maybe that's oh, true. Oh, no. I mean, I do like Goodfellas, but I hated that George Harrison documentary. Mm-hmm. I thought Aviator was just fine, and I thought that Shutter Island really missed the mark. Mm. You might like The Last Waltz. Okay. The uh, the band. I've always wanted to see The King of Comedy. Oh, yeah. And Irishman looks really good to me. So Yeah. Who knows? Um, last Waltz is the concert film of the last concert that the band did. Oh, okay. Like, they performed at SNL, and then they did this big concert. Right. And it has, like, Neil Young and Ringo Starr. And, it's cool. Uh, I saw Ringo Starr. That's true. Four times. Wow. I know. Okay. <laughs> that's uh, but almost anyway. more than John Lennon. Yeah. I was. So, we watched The Aviator last week. Uh-huh. And Rufus Wainwright was in it. Right. And we saw Rufus Wainwright oh, in concert yeah. over the weekend. And it was just yeah. a weird coincidence that we happened to see that movie. Nice. Uh, do, you, are you, do you know Rufus Wainwright? I, I, I like his version of uh, Hallelujah. From Shrek. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was, uh, he, he sang a, le- a couple Leonard Cohen's that I, that I knew. And uh, my wife's a big fan. So there was, there was some that I'd heard before. But I, mm. I'm no, it's not something that I'm like a big fan of. I'm going out and collecting all his albums or anything. Mm. But it was one of those situations where he was just so good live. Mm-hmm. And such, I mean, his voice is just so rich and engaging that it, mm-hmm. it made me like become a fan. Oh. Which is not always the case. You know, when right. you go to a concert of a person that you don't really care about, sometimes right. you're just kind of like, oh, okay. But yeah. no, I was good. I will say there was a smoke machine down there, Ooh. and they started yeah. pumping that out during the, the, the opening act, mm-hmm. and it pretty much put me in the grave for the rest of the <laughs> concert. I was, yeah, I was in bad shape. But anyway, yeah. uh, I was a big fan of of the Rufus Wainwright concert. Mm-hmm. It was a good times, uh, and he's got an album coming out. I think next month or something. So I right. probably have that here okay. in the collection. Uh, <laughs> also, so if anybody has a Dreamcast they don't want, yes, get in touch with the All the Book Show Send Twitter. Send me a Dreamcast because Nick spent Retro GameCon looking for a good deal on uh, people Dreamcast. kept snapping up saying yeah. a Dreamcast from what two thousand? Yeah, I missed it. Nineteen ninety nine. Never yeah. got it. Never got it. Yeah, everybody was selling a Dreamcast. You could get like one controller, yeah. or a memory card, yeah, but no, no game. Nobody, yeah. came. not even like a crappy like NFL game or yeah. something. Nothing. You so. nothing. <laughs> anyway, before we move away from Rufus Wainwright, we oh. we spent the night in Buffalo, okay. uh, nearby the concert place, so we could just walk to it. Right. And the uh, the hotel guy was like, because the parking lot was far away, so the hotel guy was taking our car, and I popped the trunk, forgetting that it's full of the props from Write Me a Murder, oh. the play that we just did in there. Uh-huh. So in my trunk there was a briefcase full of fake money rolled up, uh-huh. and uh, three black pistols. <laughs> one had a silencer <laughs> on it. Oh my god! As well gosh. as a grocery, they were like spilling out of a right. grocery bag, and I was like. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. my wife is probably thinking, well, why didn't I know this? And it's because I didn't tell her because I figured it would stress her out. That those stuff were in the... Oh, yeah, so this is the first time she found yeah, it. Gonna yeah, hear it because now. it was just like, it was comical. Like, I lifted it right. up and like the guy's right there and I'm just like, oh, yeah. uh, just a yeah. briefcase of money and several pistols Panic in the shopping shoving bag. it in, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, that's, that's really my wife. Anyway, we had a great time with the show. We had a, l- a nice turnout for Write Me a Murder. Huh? So thanks, everybody. Who came to that? Uh, I know I mentioned that last week, mm-hmm. but uh, we're still getting some nice. The pictures are up on the the website, David A. Howe Public Library dot org or Facebook, David yeah. A. Howe. And a few weeks back, we did a special interview about the show. So if you mm-hmm. didn't listen to that, uh, dive into the archives. Listen to uh, we talked to Joanna Bates about uh, being in the play. Mm. Anyway, I think that's going to do it. Should yeah. we move into some book news? Yep. I you remember a couple book years ago. News. Yeah. <laughs> remember a couple years ago when I was like, uh, that's not the only theme you're going to have to play because I'm going to talk about the Booker Prize. Nick and Eric 
the award theme, everybody. <laughs> uh, you remember you remember the debacle we had with Colson Whitehead's Underground Railroad, where I was like, no, no, oh way. yeah, I'm never gonna. Well, win. it was Nick's debacle, not nobody else's was experiencing this debacle except for Nick. I, I'll own it. I'll <laughs> own it. I still think it's not a great book. I think it was timely, but it's not a great book. Mm. Um, anyway, I said the same thing about uh, Margaret Atwood's The Testaments. I was mm-hmm. like, no way. No way is Margaret Atwood's The Testament's going to win the Booker Prize. It's crazy. No. It's basically like fan, no. it's basically like fan fiction of her own book. You right. Know? Uh, anyway, um, the winners this year, and I do, do mean winners, plural, uh, we've got two. We've got two. Ooh. So it's, it's not the first time this has happened. In in 92, the English patient shared it with Barry Unsworth's Sacred Hunger. Uh, but after that, they were really strict with the rules and were like, never again are mm-hmm. we going to split this because it right. just kind of takes away from both books, yeah. you know, because you're sharing the title. But lo and behold, uh, Margaret Atwood's The Testament huh. wins. Uh, and so... Uh, as the as Atwood unfolds the testament, she opens up the innermost workings of Gilead. As each woman is forced to come to terms with who she is and how far she will go for what she believes. Cool. So obviously not a book to read if you haven't read The Handmaid's Tale, mm. which came out many 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 years ago and is now a show on Netflix mm-hmm. or not Hulu. Sorry, and Hulu is also adapting yeah. this. And not a book to read if your brain can't handle green text. Yeah, a lot of because of all the money. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. And um, our second winner. You oh. know what? No. I'm going to say this is the first winner. The real winner. Wow, here we go. <laughs> Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Evaristo. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Britain and 12 very different people, mostly women, mostly black, who call it home, teeming with life and crackling with energy. Girl, Woman, Other follows them across the miles and down the years with vivid originality, impressible... I guess that's a word. Impressible wit and sly wisdom. Bernadine Evaristo presents a gloriously new kind of history for this old country, ever dynamic, ever expanding, and utterly irresistible. Mm-hmm. You can find out about more of these on the BookerPrizes.com, but this is it's a bit of an upset because they just they don't do two. That's and right, the one yeah. time they did it, everybody was like, "This is terrible, never do it again." And they mm-hmm. were like, "Okay, we promise." And then they did it anyway, mm-hmm. and it's a pretty pretty divisive mm. if you read any of the, the commentary yeah. about our articles about it when it was announced on the short list many people were like come on yeah you know and and now that it's actually like and it didn't even just win alone i mm-hmm. feel like if it just won alone that would be one thing but it just kind of feels like mm. you know it's it's also kind of taken this other book down a notch so mm-hmm. i i don't know i haven't read the book so i can't speak to why but uh, right. it's it's certainly a topic of debate so anyway you can find more at the bookerprizes.com mm. uh many articles in the in the washington post or um New York Times, uh, just just all across right. discussing this. It, it is The Guardian also. This is a topic of discussion. So. And you can join us next year for the winner, Fahrenheit 452. Oh, oh that's yeah. nice. That's a fun story. Yeah. Anyway. The temperature books, they all re- keep burning they get, they go higher. They keep burning they go at higher. that temperature, okay. yes. Yep. yep, that makes sense. Oh, man, that's I have to tell works. you this. Before we went to see Jojo Rabbits, we went to Denny's. Yeah, I love Denny's. Uh, the people we were next to were talking about books. Yeah. And obviously, I'm a bit biased. Yeah. You're probably going to be a bit biased because we're on a book podcast. Sure, we are. But I'm it, a was, library director. it was hard listening to the table. I don't want to listen to other people's conversations right. at tables. If, if I'm in a restaurant, the last thing I want to do is hear anybody else. But I, they were just so close and they were talking so loud. It was just this guy being like, right, last time I read a book was in the uh, 10th grade. Blah, blah, blah. Let me ask you this. But then <laughs> okay. he mentioned like, oh, and then they got onto the topic of 451. And the guy's like, oh, terrible book. I had no idea what's going on. I handed that book. And I'm like, I don't like this person. I don't <laughs> like this place. <laughs> I will take please, my listen, grits to go. Please don't take it out on Denny's. I, here, all right. Let me ask you this. Yeah. When people find out your job, mm-hmm. do they tell you how long it's been since they've been into the library? 
Sometimes. Because that's most of the time, yeah. like doctors or, or like whoever, mm-hmm. I run, oh, you're a library director. Oh, boy. I used to love going to the library. Yeah. There's always some like library related. So it's kind of fun. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. It is fun. Don't. If I'm a if I like a thing, don't tell me how long it's been since you've done that. I know, thing I, I like. agree. And I always yeah. it's always a little weird when somebody will tell you like I haven't read a book in fifteen years. Almost like it's a point of pride. Yeah. You know, it's weird. It's good, like good for you. Yeah. Okay. You mm-hmm. know, well read one. You know, <laughs> I guess would be my advice. But anyway, it was a frustrating conversation because I was just having to sit there listening. I <laughs> this is this is something that I'm I'm yeah. terrible about doing this, but they were Bills fans, so <laughs> I I feel like my like my library work. One time we were in a, a shop, like a used shop, mm-hmm. and my wife kind of walked away and she came back and she was like, "What are you doing?" Because I'd been standing in the same place and I was organizing the mm, books. So that's sure, that's yeah. the kind of thing that happens a lot. Or sometimes I'll be in a Barnes and Noble mm-hmm. and I'll hear somebody ask the person a question, yeah. and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, I don't know, I don't know," and they'll kind of mm-hmm. wait until they walk away. And I'll be like, "Come here, yeah, the series is over." It's here. like when I was at Barnes and Noble. And they, they had like three or four people asking me, like, can I help you find anything? Yeah. And I just, at that point, I was like, I need to wear a shirt that says, I'm a librarian. Yeah. I don't need any help <laughs> right. right now. Yeah. Uh, I had a whole conversation with a lady in line at Walmart who was going to buy a, a it's, it was a CJ box book, but it was a reprint. And mm-hmm. she was like, oh, this is new. I haven't read it. And I was like, oh, actually, that's yeah. a reprint of the second book. And if I, you're a fan, <laughs> I was just at Target. I'm a menace. And I was in the book section and I was yeah. just taking pictures of books yeah. to order for us. Right. That's that's all I do now in yeah. book section. I'm like, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not looking for me anymore. I'm like, oh, I need to get that. Yeah. Click, click, click. Yeah. Do you sound so. like that? Uh, can I also get on a soapbox about physical media? Target was having a sale. Yeah. Buy oh, yeah, two. Saw, you sent me that sign. Right. Yeah. Buy two, get one free. Yeah. I was like, cool. I'll buy two DVDs and get yeah. one free. But Target and Walmart, they've all moved away from physical media. Yeah. So it's like, well, I don't want to buy the new Lion King or Aladdin. Right. So I can't use this. And it's on everything. It's on video games. They don't have it. They don't carry that many video games anymore right. and it's just like it feels like now stores don't carry physical media because we don't buy physical media but it's because they've cut back on all their physical right. media and i i mean i i don't know the numbers and stuff but it feels like they've created this situation themselves yeah which is very frustrating yeah because i still like buying physical media right it seems like other people we in the area we live people still check out all our dvds yeah well that's that's the thing it's a lot <sighs> of it is 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 the access you have to yeah. to things like a reliable internet connection yeah. i mean where i live our, our internet connection's been terrible for years mm-hmm. you know and, and so we still do mostly dvds even right. though we can stream some things yeah. but i think it's it's something like that too i think you just sort of take for granted oh people have access to that they can they can do it whatever yeah but it's you weird. know you sort of miss the era of like like I remember I had I had the whole run of Scott Pilgrim like back mm-hmm. in the day and I lent that to so many people yeah. you know and like those made the rounds so yeah. much like DVDs and stuff and you sort of missed that so yeah. yeah you are an old man on a soapbox sorry I'm so young and hip but you yeah did I tell you about my Game Boy Color games that I got? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the New York Times bestsellers list I for lo- hardcover fiction we've been away a little bit so I want to hear uh, number 10 uh 10th place after seven weeks, after all the money and all the to-do, it's at number 10. It's been going down every week. Luckily, it just won the Booker Prize, <laughs> The Testaments, by Margaret Atwood. So that's how important it is. Colson Whitehead was, uh, you know, number one for... How, how was it not The Marsh Woman? Or did that already they won win? the Booker Prize? Yeah. Well, th- that's last year. Okay. But it didn't win the Booker Prize. Last, last year, I think, was Mil- uh, Milkman. Yeah, yeah m- everybody's talking about Milkman. Well, that's, that's the difference, though, with the Booker Prize, because they... It, first of all, it's a it's a fifty fifty thousand. Well, then why would they pick the testament? I know that's what I'm saying. It's a fifty thousand pound mm-hmm. prize, and it's I, I feel like congratulations, it's, Margaret Atwood. I know, <laughs> right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like oh, just put it over on the millions yeah, pile, she's just please. Shoveling up all that Hulu cash. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and so it is. It's a weird. It's a mm-hmm. weird use of that prize because you're mm-hmm. not like elevating a new person, and it's a sequel to a book that was 20 years ago. So yeah. like, it's, you're not going to be picking up new readers necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's uh, all right. Number ten was the Man Booker Prize. But just number the ten testament. was the Booker Prize winner, The Testaments by Margaret Atwood. Number nine on the New York Times bestsellers list is The Institute by Stephen King. Also seven weeks on this list. Two books that we have attitudes about. Mm. Back to back. Children with special talents are abducted and sequestered in an institute where oh. the sinister staff seeks to extract their gifts through harsh methods. Uh, that description is more entertaining than the book. And actually, that's all you need to know. That's true. It's one of those books where it's like you read the synopsis, you don't have to read Save the book. <laughs> uh, number eight this week is The Water Dancer by ta uh, Coates. Mm. A young man who is gifted with mysterious power becomes part of a war between slavers and the enslaved. Number seven, The Dutch House by Ann Patchett. Uh, that's just a house full of farts. I made I that joke. I don't like this I joke. made that joke last time, but and I cut it out it? because of J.M. Uh, DeMatteis was our guest. And I was like, I can't have a fart house joke on that episode. You shouldn't at all. We don't have a guest. I, I would allow it if it was funny, but it's not. Like a Dutch, like a Dutch. Oven. I understand, yeah. but it's too many steps. In, a, in the Dutch house, you have a Dutch fridge. Not funny. You have a Dutch sink. I I separate myself from this. <laughs> a sibling relationship is impacted when the family goes from poverty to wealth and back again over the course of many decades. Boy. Speaking of impacted, Papa ain't got no uh, wisdom teeth anymore. That's right. I That's got right. Four empty spaces where yeah. I used to have teeth. Yep. That's it. Yeah. That's all I've got. I went through the same thing. It was about twenty years ago. Wow. Well, uh, this guy right here pointing at myself. It was 15 years ago. Yeah. I don't. I w- I'm 33. So when, so what was that for you then? I was 21. Oh, okay. It was th- it was like the day before my 21st birthday. So I was in college. Smart. So I had to do it on cri- you know on Christmas. Well, I missed vacation. Gorging myself on Halloween candy. Were you gonna gorge yourself on Halloween candy? Yes. Did you get trick or treaters at your house? So many. None. Oh. I two, got none. Two giant bowls. Just gone. You. I thought I we were going to have a bunch left over. Nothing. I can't grudge. I can't begrudge you. Took that. all the Reese's cups. I'm happy to hear it. I'm happy. Number to hear six, it. the nineteenth Christmas by James Patterson and Maxine Pietro. Nineteenth Christmas, I gave you my heart, but the very next. Do you want me to stop? I thought you were going to chime in. I was just going to wait. You were just going to play it out. it out. Yeah. Oh, very next day, you gave. You got to add more away. original pieces in it though, or copyright's going to come oh, down on right. the side. You're right. Uh, Detective Lindsay Boxer and company take on a fearsome criminal known as Loman. Uh, number five, new this week, Agent Running in the Field by John LeCare, a veteran of... Brit- John LeCare, really? John LeCare. Wow. A veteran of Britain's secret intelligence service who is assigned to command a lesser band of spies hatches a co- covert operation. Can I be real with a comedy? You? Can I be real with you right now? What? I did not know this man was still alive. Whoa. Congratulations, John LeCare. Yeah, you did it. For <laughs> uh, defeating expectations on Nick's part here. Yeah. That sounds like a fun, like a whole bunch of uh, wacky... Uh, spies who aren't really good at their I job. You know, I picked up Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy to read, but it's yeah. actually it's part of the George Smiley series. It's not book one, oh. so it's not a good place to start. Mm-hmm. I've seen the movie, the Gary Oldman movie, which right. I like, but it's very slow. Okay, it's the slowest movie in the world on purpose. Number four, new this week, The Deserter by Nelson DeMille He's and Alex DeMille. He's eighty-eight. That's all I'm saying. And John LeCar is eighty-eight. B. DeMille, ready for my close-up. Two members of the Criminal Investigation Division must bring back a Delta Force soldier who has disappeared. The deserter. Okay. Number three, 60 Weeks on the List, Where the Crawdad Sings by Delia Owens. 60 weeks. That's a pretty good run. Still at number three. Pretty good run. Number two, The Guardians by John Grisham. 
Uh, Colin Post, a lawyer and Episcopal minister, antagonizes some ruthless killers where he takes on wrongfully convicted case. Good for him. <laughs> uh, th- that's what the, that's how I got because those people at Denny's were talking about how they like read a Grisham. Like, well, you read that Grisham baseball book. I'm just like Calico li- Joe. I was just like too little, too late. Yeah, I'm leaving. How was Calico Joe? I I, I think it's about a one-eyed I baseball player. I was not player. trying to listen to their conversation. I think he gets hits in the face with a uh, baseball, and loses an oh, eye. Okay, and then it's Calico yeah. Joe. Number yeah. one, The Night Fire yeah, by Michael right. Connolly. Harry Bosch and Renee Ballard return to take up a case that held the attention of Bosch's mentor. That's it. Okay. You like Bosch books? You might like this one. Uh, yeah, I do like Bosch books. I'm so far behind. It'll be like 10 years before mm-hmm. I get to that book, but yeah, that's all right. Yeah, okay. Boosh. All right, so that's the whole list? That is the whole list. Okay. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, in a way. Boy, we're getting to hear a lot of the themes today. I'm excited about this next one. Offer spotlight. Which theme was that? Author spotlight. Yeah. And it works because it's a spooky theme. Stephen King is a spooky writer. This book was so boring it scared me. Ah. <laughs> okay. Let's um you know what? Can I let me ask you this. Let me ask how you feel about this. Can we just spoil this book? Like, if we're telling everybody right now that we're going to talk about the resolution to this book. Should we, we talk about the book and then spoil it? Like, do spoil- okay. non-spoilers spoilers? All right. All right. So we'll uh, we'll keep you safe of spoilers we for now. We will spoil it. But when we get time to talk about things that would be a spoiler, we'll mm-hmm. give you another warning. I will say, you, you can't really be spoiled from this book. I will also say there's no need to read this book. <laughs> so I'm just going to say it outright. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's <laughs> let's do a little let's do a little synopsis here of this uh, this real piece of work. Oh, I guess you kind of did already, but basically, you start with a guy who uh, is is heading he's heading he's leaving Florida. He's heading to New York. Mm-hmm. He's on a pl- he's getting ready to board a plane. Mm-hmm. The plane is booked, and they're trying to get somebody to take a later flight, and they're offering cash incentives and all that. And so finally, he's like, yeah, whatever. And he ends up, and I want to say what. South South Carolina, South Carolina, South Carolina, and he born was born and raised. He was a cop. He was a cop in Florida, and he ends yeah. up being a night knocker in South Carolina. And I googled what a night knocker is, and all I could find was other people googling what a night knocker is because it's basically like a guard. Mm-hmm. Like he works for the police force. He doesn't have a badge and a gun. He goes around and just kind of like if he sees trouble, he calls the police. Mm-hmm. So I guess he's like a nosy neighbor. Yeah. Um, so he's you're the f- night watch, but on foot. Yeah. So you're following this dude. For about 60 pages, and then we switched to the kids in the Institute. And I got to mm-hmm. tell you, I was all in yeah. for this this guy being a night knocker in this small town, mm-hmm. like getting to know these people and things. I was ready to settle into that story. Mm-hmm. I was very disappointed when we were a couple of maybe 20 pages into the in- Institute section. I was like, I don't like where this is going. Mm-hmm. And I kept expecting that we were going to bounce back to our friend from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And we really didn't until right. uh, very close to the end. Yeah. So... From then, we're in the Institute, and as the New York Times synopsis tells you, I mean, it's just kids in an Institute, and they're trying to get, like, latent powers out of powers, them, yeah. right? I mean, trying to find if they're telekinetic or, what's the other one? Telepathic. Telepathic. Right. Or both. Or both. Trying to decide what they are. And they're right. basically, like, torturing it out of them. Yeah. And so, kids are abducted in the middle of the night, uh, parents killed, mm-hmm. kids taken to the Institute, mm-hmm. and then 
and then they wake up in uh, a recreation of their bedroom, but they're in this like creepy dormitory mm. um, where other kids like them are being tested. Yeah. And on it goes for hundreds of pages. As a kid, I would have not wanted a recreation of my bedroom because yeah. I had to share it with two brothers. Yeah. I'd want like a whole new bedroom just yeah. for mi- this for this guy. So that's kind of where you're at. We follow our main character, Luke, I mm-hmm. want to say. Was it Luke? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, you well, because you're okay. asking me, I'm like, is that true? But well, yes. I mean, I finished this quite a while ago. Okay. So um, so you're following Luke for a long time, and he's kind of working it, and he finds a way to get around uh, the firewall and is able to get some news from the outside and is able to help some of the orderlies and eventually um, escapes. Mm-hmm. And then the, the hunt is on. So he's trying to get to somewhere because he's far away from where he was and just trying to find someplace safe where he can get somebody to believe this wild story. Meanwhile, the Institute pursues him. Okay, so I think we'll stop there before we get to spoiler warnings. So, okay. But let's talk about that much of the book so far. Okay. Um, like I said, with our main... I, what is this? Tim, right? Tim is the uh, night knocker? Yeah. Tim in his night walker section, night knocker. Uh, I, again, I really like that. I would have I like I enjoyed, like, if that was a short story and we just kind of closed that up or expanded into a whole book, I thought that story had some juice to it because mm-hmm. it's an unusual situation. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of a fish out of water story where he's there. Mm-hmm. But um, I just had nothing mm-hmm. when we got to the Institute. Mm-hmm. I don't give a lot of one star reviews, but I, I did for this one. And I actually Ooh. think it's not worth reading. Wow. Yeah. I saw so, your one star. so what do you think? about? Yeah. Thanks for doing that, too. I'm I still had like 40 percent of the book to go. And Nick's just I'm like sorry. one star. I'm like, great. Cool. This will be well, fun. That's surprising because, I mean, I'm the Stephen King fan. And you're the uh, Stephen King sometimes fan i don't know you, you like stephen king you don't no. love him now you don't like him i don't know okay i wouldn't tell anyone i'm a stephen king fan i would just say i've read some of his stuff that's fair so that's fair yeah all right um so wh- what were your thoughts did you like the early did you like the early section uh i mean this is this just shows like the different taste between you and me because yeah. i didn't really care about the whole night knocker like stuff it. i'm okay. like well, this is quaint small yeah. town mm-hmm. but I've been to North and South Carolina. I just, no, I just thought you. there was a lot of, um, I thought there was a lot of things to mine there. Yeah. Because he's not really a cop, but he has all this experience and he can kind of shake things yeah. up. It just seemed like they were setting up some, uh, you know, things that w- have been done before. Yeah. Some rivalries within the forest. I think it was scratching your uh, Robert B. Parker itch. Uh, you're right. I think you're right. So the yeah. Paradise. What's the first one called? Yeah, Jesse Stone. Trouble yeah, in Paradise. Trouble in Paradise. I think it's, I think it scratched your Jesse Stone one. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. You're, you're not wrong about that. Okay. Um, the institute I was wholly bored by. Yeah, I didn't think that any of the any of the things they were doing were really interesting. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fairly obvious what was going on, but also you went hundreds of pages without any kind of real information. Mm-hmm. You're only seeing things from the kids' perspective, and they're sort of figuring it out, right. but at a snail's pace. Yeah. What did you think about the institute? Uh, I did not care for this book at all. Mm-hmm. It. It feels so paint by the numbers. It feels yeah. so middle of the road. It does. And it feels like, okay, Stephen King, you need to put a book out because you want to make money. I can't believe after having read this whole book that it was a burning desire in right. you. This was not a story that you're like, I got to write the Institute. Yeah. The world needs to know. It's just like, oh, I can do this in my sleep. And it probably did. Um, well, he wrote Carry on Cocaine, right? It, so. it feels like he doesn't respect the reader's time. Because he he was writing this very three star middle of the road book and maybe and that would be fine if it was half the length of this book if this was well, a three hundred page book and it was just kind of like introduce the topic some bad things escape and all that stuff fine I'd probably a th- probably give it three stars and it was just and then move on but because it's so long and because it's so 
pointless and uh, already been done before by everybody else, it it becomes offensive then because it's just like, well, I have other stuff to do and other books to read. If you don't have anything to say, why am I reading this? This isn't even, it's not even like a high octane, like thriller. No. So why, what, what is the point of this? It just, it just feels like a waste of everybody's time. I think that you, when we first started this book a few weeks back, Mm -hmm. you said that he's too big to have an editor, but desperately needs an editor. Yeah. And I know that's, that's such a classic criticism of Stephen King that Mm -hmm. he, that his books are too long. Um, and so I was kind of like, yeah, okay, you know, because I, I really like eleven twenty two sixty three, and I, mm-hmm. I've read some of his really long books that I loved. Right. Um, but this one, I think you're absolutely right. See, if if he's writing a long book and he's filling it with all these interesting characters yeah. and backstories and twists and everything, that's one thing. But this doesn't have anything. There no. are no twists. No. Like if if you, the description the New York Times bestsellers list gives is all you need to know, and then you, I could give it to a stranger and they could just outline it and they could yeah. probably figure it out. Yeah. So there's no twist. There's no interesting like character backstories no. to like delve into. So it really is just like the day to day torture of kids. And what's what I find in especially boring about this book is that like I like shared universes yeah but sometimes there are topics that when a shared universe shares the same thing it becomes kind of dull yeah and so this is in the Stephen King verse as it is which means all these psychic it's just the shining so we've already read about this multiple times before and I feel like the whole if he's the more comic book take on like the shining as a power was done better in Dr. Sleep when it wasn't about 400 pages of AA meetings yeah so like I don't know. It's just like if he wants to write this stuff, just that I'm sure Marvel would say yes to Stephen King. Well, you know, I I felt like we're in the institute and it's too long. And then he gets out of the institute and it's too long. But that's to me where it really where I became a little like I I hate this because mm. he's Luke is running from the institute, yeah. you know, and he's stopping you know in these towns. Spoiler time. <laughs> if you don't want to uh have the book spoiled for you, turn off this podcast this now. This is our spoiler. But okay. literally there's nothing to spoil about this book. I agree. So. All right. Okay. So Luke's Luke's escaping uh-huh. uh, with the help of some orderlies. Mm-hmm. And the thing that made me crazy, the thing that was really like, this is too much, mm-hmm. is is that he runs through all these towns and eventually gets to Tim, the Night Knocker, from right. the beginning. And then you have to watch the Institute follow his trail the whole way. Right. You don't need to see that. Mm-hmm. Like, we've just gone through this whole thing. I right. feel like you could have cut... There's many hundreds of pages you could have cut, but I think you could have cut 100 pages mm-hmm. by just saying eventually the Institute caught up with him. Because but the last like 100 or 200 pages is also then Luke describing the what Institute. What happened to the Institute, yes. To these other people. And so you're now reading all these pages of descriptions of what you just read. Right. But like there is no like... Yeah, so you do that twice and yeah. you, do the, you do the chase twice. Yeah. There's no, there's never like a twist like what their institute is really doing. There's no. Well, I mean, there kind of is. I, I guess, but like you could just figure it out. They're you, they're turning the kids into weapons. Like you don't really need. I mean, it's but, uh, nefarious. No, no, no. I don't think it's quite that. I mean, okay. it is and it isn't. But they're they're the I, precog thing. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, at the end of this book, it's hint, it's said that like they also have an institute that's a bunch of precogs right. guessing, and so they're using the institute kids to stop right bad things from happening. What the precogs say, but like that's that's the only that's the only, and it's it's done a thousand times. But that's the only moral question of the book: is mm-hmm. it is it morally acceptable for the institute to be using these kids to take out people who are theoretically going to be threats right. in 30 years. It's the old, like, do you kill Hitler but as a baby it's thing. Just, it's just, it's, but that's told to us just through, like, exposition. Right. Just a guy coming yeah. who hasn't been in the book at all. Right. He just 
tells everybody what the real plot was. Yeah. And then the kids are like, well, that doesn't make much sense. And see our episode about the dead zone because that's how the dead zone ends. Yeah. The dead zone is all about like, is it he he has this whole struggle where he's trying to decide if he should take out this politician, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's it's the same thing. I just I actually looked to see if it was supposed to be like a sequel to the dead zone. Mm -hmm. Like if it was supposed to verse i guess so. yeah i mean that's not strict but i it just to me well he made sure he referenced jerusalem i feel like he did references he, did he reference Salem's lot yeah they said something like go ask the people in jerusalem's lot if they were still there <laughs> oh yeah i feel like every book i've read of his references jerusalem you're, lot. you're probably right it's i'm okay I, he didn't say dairy maine ever so no i think that's uh that's a that's a rare how, one maine is big but, but how know. big is maine but that's another <laughs> thing that's another thing it's like yeah, I, I mean, you you don't reference The Shining in any way, but you do something that's really similar. Yeah. And then you don't reference The Dead Zone when it's like... Ex- I mean, The Dead Zone, I guess he's... Yeah. He, it, his powers work a little differently, but it's the whole second half of The Dead Zone yeah. is him trying to make this moral decision. Yeah, And so... I guess in in if it was a short story or something, to explore whether or not some of the kids surviving when they know that they're better off dying for the future's sake... Did they make make the right decision in not sacrificing themselves? Mm-hmm. Like, was it a selfish decision for them to save themselves when they? But that's only brought up in like the last I ten know. pages. That's what I'm saying. If it was a short story and that was the only thing you were talking about, yeah. I think that could be an interesting topic. Maybe. Just like I think, you know, exploring the old chestnut of, do you do something now to prevent something in the future, could be something to talk about. But yeah, but also the book. But is it's a tag. I mean, it's, it's just an weird. It's just Stephen King. Like, did he? He was like, I got to write a book. Where I can just have a bunch of people slap kids for about four hundred pages. Yeah, I really slap don't know. them, drown them, punch them, smack all this stuff, and it's just like, well, this has been miserable for everybody, and I, not like miserable where like there's very little catharsis even at the end when the kids are like breaking out. It's just like I'd rather, yes, obviously I'd rather read X Men because this story has been done to death in that universe, but I'd also rather watch like Akira or any other thing that covers like kids with powers in these kinds of situations because I, I've seen it done better and much more interesting with much more pathos. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I the whole time I was reading this is probably because I read it recently, you know, X 23, the Wolverine yeah. clone. Mm-hmm. She was raised to be, uh, you know, a killer and all this. Um, but that was only like six issues written in like 2004. And there's just so much more like emotion and uh psychology in those like six comic book issues than there is in this 600 pages book of stephen king who's you know america's right you know it's just it's kind of i don't know if if somebody else can do that in like however many panels are in six issues that much better than all this freedom stephen king has it, it says something to me i guess it's been a little while i mean i really enjoyed i really enjoyed um revival that was a stephen king book mm. that came out a few years back i liked that a lot um, so I don't think it's that he has lost the touch. I just think, I don't know, you know, I just think there's a point in the process where a different, a writer in a different place would probably have somebody being like, this isn't cutting it. This isn't, mm-hmm. you know, you need to rethink this yeah. or whatever. And I think this is one that just doesn't, I, there's not enough, like there's not enough here to Real aggressive story. about, I don't know. There was, there were some characterizations of like the bad like the people, mm-hmm. like physical attributes or mental attributes about them that I didn't, I felt like were tackily placed. Mm. Tackily? Not, that's not the right word. But in I felt a, they... In a tacky way. Yeah, they, it just kind of felt like, boy, 
if a woman doesn't have big breasts, of course she's a villain. Mm. If a guy has a lips, don't trust him. Oh, I see what you mean. It just kind yeah. of like these, these like they were villains that were then described in these ways. Like, okay, yeah. I guess. All right. Yeah. What are you What are you saying here, King? Right. It, it's strange because, and then everybody That's who's true. who's sexy and well spoken is the good person. Right. I guess it's it's just a weird it's cliche. Read. I yeah. Mean, it's cliche. I did not. Uh, None of I, the, I mean, I feel bad. To, I I wanted to like this book. You yeah. Know? None of the people in the institute who were you know doing uh, who were the bad guys had were interesting right. or had any depth to them whatsoever. I don't think the kids were interesting either. No. Like Avery, not really. Who they kept calling the Avester, which the was Avester. making me insane. Yeah. Um, well, I again, I after reading this, I I can't read another book where he writes kids. Yeah. So that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. I really think that unfortunately, I think this book is uh, not worth the time. It's weird because it. he almost, it's. I guess there's kind of like that kind of crowd pleasing ending where like the kids use their psychic powers to do stuff. Kind of, but it still didn't seem enough. I felt like the villains did not uh, get punished enough by it. Yeah, you know, I I also I want to see people like slowly explode. Yeah, <laughs> so I I also feel like it's like in the in the era of Stranger Things when you have yeah that's the thing you could watch Stranger it's Things it's just like this is not. It's yeah. it's there's no place for this, I guess. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. so many other things that would be better. Yeah. Um so I feel like we've been we've I just been do not understand. Like I I mean this. I don't understand how Stephen King, who admits that he writes slower than he used to, how this is what he wants to spend his time with. And the man must be rich. He doesn't need the cash. Right. So he's doing it because he likes to do it. Did he like writing this? I, 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 I don't, don't know. know. I, haven't, I haven't read the last couple. I didn't read Sleeping Beauties, and I didn't <laughs> read... Uh, oh, anyway. Whatever that one's called. I don't even remember. The Outsider. Yeah. I didn't read either of those. Um, all right. Well, listen. I thought... So I'm looking at my, I'm looking at my shelves here. Uh-huh. I've read 22 Stephen King books. Yeah, I gave this two stars. I know you did. Over your one star. Because before, before you continue on this whole Goodreads thing... Yes. I, there were chunks of it where I realized I had just read 100 pages. Mm. But unlike, say, something like when I couldn't put down uh, The Loneliest Girl in the Universe, yeah. it, it was just like, yes, yeah, Stephen King can still write in an easy-to-read way, so yeah. now 100 pages are gone. Yeah. But like in those 100 pages, there was nothing of me like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen next? Agreed. You know, there was no real compelling yeah. uh, reason for me to going that. So I gave it two stars over your one star because I still found it. But like... I just it, wasn't... Yeah. After the first Waste section, time. Well, essentially after the prologue, I just mm-hmm. wasn't engaged in it ever. So... Yeah. Um, Thought I'd just mention a couple of my favorite Stephen King since we've been uh, pretty much trashing this book the whole time. I read 22 Stephen, Stephen King books. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, of those, three of them I gave five stars. Probably another five I gave four stars. Then a lot of three stars. A couple of twos. And this is my first one star. So my favorites, my favorite, probably my favorite really is Bag of Bones. I think like for a classic spooky Stephen King, Bag of Bones is 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 where it's at. Mm-hmm. I think The Shining's also great. I know you don't like it, yeah. but I think The Bag of Bones just is is scarier and just works everywhere. Hmm. Eleven twenty two sixty three is a time travel story in the style of Jack Finney, which was perfect for me. But if you're looking for like a classic Stephen King, I don't think I would go there. But if you're a time travel fan, um, or you know, history buff, interested in the Kennedy assassination or whatever, that is a that is a really well written book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would also mention Finders Keepers, which is the second of the Bill Hodges trilogy. Mm-hmm. I'm not really a fan of um, End of Watch or Mr. Mercedes, but this is really a standalone and is just an excellent book. Um, so I think I think my tip top, if you want to read Stephen King in the classic Stephen King vibe, 
I would say Bag of Bones uh, or The Shining are the way to go. Hmm. Do you have one? That, what's your favorite? Salem's Lot, uh, right? I have read nine. Okay. My least favorites have been The Gunslinger, uh, uh, the Institute, the Gunslinger, yeah. and The Dead Zone. Yeah. Oh, The Dead Zone, yeah. Um, we did a whole episode on The Dead Zone, everybody. Yeah. My, my favorite was has been Salem's Lot. So, but I also enjoyed Pet Cemetery, Gwendy's Button Box, and Carrie. Mm-hmm. So you didn't like Doctor Sleep? I did, but it was that was also just too chunky. To, yeah, like the parts of it I liked were well, not the majority of the book. I think if you're, I think if you're interested in getting into Stephen King, you have to read Carrie. I Probably, mean, I think yeah. that's just. I think you have to do that. Yeah, um, Firestarter is interesting. Mm-hmm. It's not always exciting, mm. um, which kind of kills it. Um, Needful Things, I think, really doesn't work. Okay. Um, yeah. So there. That's. But there's so many to choose from. Not not a favorite author of mine. Yep. But All right. So Salem's Lot is actually now one of my favorite books. Yeah. Period. Yep. But I don't know. Uh, next year I'm going to read Christine, so we'll see. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I plan on reading like Christine and Cujo. Uh, I've heard Cujo's too yeah. rough. I don't know. I don't know. Animal stuff always upsets me. I I, I might be able to. Get All right. So it. Eric says don't read the Institute, but read Salem's Lot. Yeah. I say don't read the Institute. Read Bag of Bones. And oh. I think if you want to get into Stephen King, Carrie and The Shining are must-reads. Mm. So, All right. I think that's going to do it for this time. Anything else before we close up shop? <sighs> Boy, Halloween's over. That's true. Ain't it. The auditor- a lot of things going up in the auditorium. We've got yeah. Creek Bend Band coming. We've got Judy Cook doing a presentation on ghosts. Plus our regular thing of movies. We've got mm-hmm. some Christmas book clubs that we're going to be starting in the next uh, couple of weeks. We won't discuss them until December, but I'm going to put the books out now so you can get I'm to not, reading. I'm not doing a Christmas book club again. Yes, you have no, to. No, I'm not. You, me, and Bo. No. Gonna, yes. No, I had to we're read that get Bo back on Christmas cookie cutter prequel listen, book. Listen to me. That episode is one of my favorites of this whole like, podcast. I cannot do another one of those books. I will give me a book about a boy who finds a horse and has to raise him by Christmas okay. time or something. All right, <laughs> I can do that. You think I can't? <laughs> We're talking about episode one seventy five, uh, where uh, Bo Hutchings joined us, and we each read a Christmas cozy mystery. It almost broke Eric. It was Bo's so was bad. about Halloween, yeah. and mine was. You know, real. Sneaky Pie Brown writes a heck of a book. Let you me know tell you. when you're maybe waiting for the bus or maybe you're you're outside and you're 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 at your car in a parking lot and you're not even in your car it's december it's a gray morning the parking lot's empty it's full of slush and all the the buildings all the stores in this like six strip mall uh area they're all gone anyways that's what reading that book was like it was like just standing there for two hours and then being like why the heck am i here yeah so yeah if you want to experience that weird oh So Eric's looking forward to our Christmas book club this year. <laughs> Not All right. reading a cooking that's a gonna do baking it. Christmas book. That's again. gonna do it for this episode of the All the Book Show. Yeah. We will see you next week. Yeah.